welcome to the Beneath the Dirt Podcast. I'm your host, Roll Bone. Thank you for tuning in. Episode 118 in the ha. 118. We are almost two weeks into the new year. How's everybody doing? Much love for tuning in. Whether you're on YouTube, any podcast po- app that you listen to, the show, much love. And yeah. 2021's already kicking our kicking our asses. Everybody was hoping 21 would bring some new new vibes, new energy, but we got a whole bunch of shit to work through out in the real world. But hope everybody's staying safe. Keeping yourselves busy, all that good shit. Much love again for tuning in. And I want to send a shout out to iSport Tight Wranglers for sending in a donation this week. Uh, They say, excellent podcast, much love. I appreciate the donation. And speaking of donations, you might notice right here, if you're watching on YouTube, I got a new microphone. And if it wasn't for the donations, this microphone would not be possible. So I upgraded the mic. Super dope. Been wanting to upgrade that shit for a minute. And the donations definitely helped without a doubt it paid for most of this thing and again everybody that has ever donated to the show it's super appreciated and it does go back into the show so there's your proof right there the new mic shout out to iSport tight wranglers for the donation this week and anybody that has ever donated but let's get it some uh new music and news first we got to send a shout out to the homie Luke the Goon over there. He's a moderator over there at the um, Forever Face Alley on Facebook, that group. If you're not a part of it, join that shit if you're a big Zool fan. A lot of ill shit going down over there. Luke the Goon's doing interviews over there. He did one with Buckshot last week. But also, I'm on his YouTube channel along with Mike Sears. We did a year in review of 2020. I think we went like two hours, maybe even longer. It's a long ass show. Broke down the entire year. I thought it was a dope, dope conversation without a doubt. So if you haven't peeped out Luke the Goon, go check that shit. I'm on there in the year in review episode with Mike Sears. And shout out to Luke for having me on there. That was mad fun. And shout out to homie Mike Sears. Um, not only did I did Luke's show this week, but this Saturday, I was on the Speaky Cloud podcast with Mike Sears and Vod Crack. We did a review for Esham's Tongues album. I love that album. Super, it's a classic in my eyes. Those dudes, they got we got different opinions on the album, <laughs> but it was a super dope episode. I felt like we did the album justice in the review. And on the Speaking Cloud, I did Esham's Closed Casket with uh, Mike and Immobilarity 1. I did Nodis's Wicked Worldwide review with Mike and Vod Crack, a.k.a. Ross Hartley. And then we broke down Esham's Tongues, and then we even kicked it for a little bit after the interview. Immobilarity 1 hopped on as well. So shout out to the guys at Speaking Cloud. Much love. And, uh... That Isham's album, Tongues, man. Fucking classic. And I had a lot of fun 
revisiting the album and talking about the album. I love it. One of my favorites from Ishan. So go peep that shit that I did with Luke Dagoon and Speaky Cloud Podcast. It's up on their respective YouTube channels. Really dope shows, if you ask me, but I'm part of it, so it might be a little bit of bias, but whatever. (laughs) But let's get it some real music and news this week, if we shall. We got Twisted posting up on their social medias. It was like a three-part essay that they put up, just kind of recapping 2020 and everything that they did. They talked about um, how they pulled off NetFest for free with everybody in the underground community. Um, They talked about filming a brand new music video for every song off the Freak Show that turned 20 years old this year and only charged us $13 not charging us an obscene amount of money is what they said in this message. So $13 for the freak show. Talked about the I Voted festival performance. Uh, They launched their podcast signings and all that shit. Basically a recap of everything that they did in 2020. And... So long ass post. I just thought it was funny because they was talking about not charging us an arm and a leg for online performances and online whatever live streams that everybody in the music business, not everybody, but a good majority of people are doing at this point just because touring is, is dead right now. People ain't allowed to tour. There ain't no venues open. If there is, There ain't many people going to shows and whatnot. You know, it's regulated how many people could show up to these shows. So, a little recap. I thought it was funny talking about Dane Charges and his seen amount of money. Maybe a little dig at ICP 6655 for the monthly streams, which I'll still say those Halloween streams were definitely worth the price tag. Um, the December ones, not so much. We know they're doing the February streams next month. They have yet to make any announcements on those. But Magic Ninja, keeping it with the Magic Ninja shit. They stayed busy as fuck in 2020. They said they're going to stay just as busy in 2020. And they're coming out swinging right out the gate for For the Fam Fridays. I know we talked about this last week, me and Robbie. From the Twisted History IG page. We talked about this. But I kind of wanted to break it down again. Um, They got merch bundles live. And everything for sale. Uh, The tickets and all that. For all these events. And the first one we got is Blaze Your Dad Homies. One Less G in the Hood. 20th anniversary show. An exclusive digital experience. Featuring special track appearances. From Twisted and ABK. Of course, there ain't going to be no ICP, but I'm hyped for this one. The only thing that got me a little bit nervous about the One Less G in the Hood show is it says it's an exclusive digital experience. Now, that's how they build the Freak Show um, live stream. It was a Freak Show. I'm pretty sure they called it a digital experience as well. 
if this isn't just a straight up live performance like they did with the Attack of the Ninjas stream and it's going to be music videos for each one, I'm hoping that if that's the case, it's going to be better than the Freak Show performance, live stream, whatever. Um, those videos were just... They weren't really music videos, if you ask me. I apologize for the noise in the background. But those music videos weren't really music videos. It just seemed... It was budget-friendly music videos, I'll say that. So I'm I'm hoping if it is music videos, it's better than the Freak Show ones. Uh, really, I'm just hoping for a live performance like they did with Attack of Ninjas. I think that shit's dope. Rocking it in the Magic Ninja offices warehouse whatever the fuck i like those live performances that they did i'm hoping that this is it but if they're doing the music videos for each you know i don't think they've really specified i know blaze is doing live streams on facebook now there's so many fucking live streams that everybody's doing monoxide does his live streams blaze is going live a lot you got shaggy and keegan with their podcast and just everybody else in the underground goes live. And it's just so hard to keep up with everything. From live streams, music, tidbits of news that come out, and all this other shit. So I don't know if Blaze has broken it down in any of his live streams that he's done on Facebook. Or wherever he does his live streams. Pretty sure it's Facebook. But that's going down February 5th. I'm looking forward to it regardless because One Less G in the Hood is such a classic album. Arguably Blaze's best. Definitely a fan favorite. I think it's my favorite album. You know, number one from Blaze. It's tough between that and Clockwork Grey. But One Less G is ah, so classic. And then we got uh, the Friday after that. February 12th. We got the Oh the Horror Halloween 365 special streaming Friday the 12th, like I just said. And doesn't say live performance, whatever, just streaming live February 12th. I'm going to assume these dudes are going to be performing live like they did at Attack of the Ninjas and like they did um, during the NetFest show. Not big into these guys, but they're doing a live stream. And then we got the ABK Hatchet Warriors show. This is the one I'm most hyped for. I'm pretty sure I said that last week as well. Performing the hit album Hatchet Warrior with special guest Twisted and Blaze. Again, no ICP. We all know why. So this isn't being billed as an experience like Freak Show and One Less G. We have yet, you know, we have to wait and see if One Less G is going to be music videos or not. But they w ABK will be performing this. That's dope. If you've seen ABK live ever, you know dude puts on an ill show. He rocks it dolo. No hype man. I've never seen this dude have a hype man. And he kills it by himself. So I'm hyped for this Hatchet Warrior thing. And of note, on all these flyers, if you look, it says Sound Talent Group Live From. And on this ABK one, it says Native World Inc., if I go back to the Blaze one, you look at the Blaze one, 
It says Sound Talent Group live from an M&E present. So with the ABK one, no mention of M&E. No M&E logo at all on here. It's Native World Inc. And Monoxide did take to a live stream last week to say that ABK is not signed to Magic Ninja. And they're just doing the East Side Ninjas group project, which I'll get more into that in a minute. But he did confirm ABK is not signed to Magic Ninja, just participating in the group album. So it is what it is. I was kind of hoping he was going to be signed to Magic Ninja, but according to Monoxide, that's not the case. And this flyer, no mention of M&E, even though it is part of For the Fam Fridays and all the merch is being pushed through um, ForTheFamFridays.com, but you know, all the graphics, you could tell it's all M&E related. But regardless, ABK is the shit. And I'm definitely looking forward to this Hatchet Warriors show without a doubt. ABK has just always been kind of underrated and underappreciated. I, I don't know why. I know he's got a lot of love, but he's also got a lot of hate too. But I'm looking forward to that shit. It's kind of disappointing he ain't signed to m e but... Whatever. As long as he puts out good music. uh, That's all that really matters. And then we got. uh, The Zool live stream. The Mausoleum Dead Alive show. With special guests. Super famous fun time guys. And Mad Max. Super famous fun time guys. Are the new group signed to. A la Zooli Lou's record label. Long Live Evil. And I actually did peep out a couple of their tracks this week. And it ain't bad. <laughs> it's just the gimmick, the masks. You got Whipstick wearing a fucking tutu and shit. Um, it kind of throws me off, you know, the gimmick. But the beats are banging. The raps are pretty dope. And I get why they got signed to Long Live Evil. They've been fucking with them for a minute anyway. And then Mad Max. Mad Max... Pretty sure he's a Massachusetts, from Massachusetts now. I'm pretty sure he's a New Jersey native, but he's in Mass now, my home state. And he's performing. I wouldn't be surprised to see Mad Max be an artist that makes, uh, makes, uh, makes, you know, he does the signing with Long Live Evil. I don't know what the fuck. Brain fart like a motherfucker, but. Mad Max. Is super dope. Dude raps his ass off. Been doing it for a minute. He uh, was, you know, kind of started out with low key back in the day. Mission Infect, Seven Seal Entertainment, you know, Sick Hop, and uh, I forget the other EP that he dropped on there. The green cover shit or the red cover, Absence of Sanity or something like that. Super dope. Mad Max been putting it down for years. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to this show too. Blaze, ABK, and the Zool shows. Super hyped for it. You could buy a bundle deal for all four of the shows for like 35 bucks, Or you could buy each one and it equals like $36. Or it's like $9 a piece or some shit like that. So if you bought all four individually, it'd be 36 If you buy the bundle, it's 35 I'll probably buy the bundle just to save the dollar. And then I have the option to watch Oh the Horror if I want to watch it. I don't have plans of watching it, but as I'm not a fan, but just to save the dollar on Zool, Blaze, and ABK, might as well buy the bundle and then have that option. 
to watch all the horror. So for the Fam Fridays, kicking off February 5th, every Friday, live stream performances. It's going to be dope. M&E's coming out swinging. You know, they came out swinging with that Eastside Ninjas project. I'm super hyped for that. Monoxide is kind of talking about that on a live stream this week. Uh, Robbie from the Twisted History page hit me up on uh, Facebook and was letting me know what they were talking about, uh, what he was talking about. Uh, basically, with the Eastside Ninjas project, Monoxide says they're giving us half a record, and the response di- dictates if they finish it or not. ABK isn't signing. The project is something special for the early fans. Super dope. Eastside Ninjas, Blaze, ABK, Twisted, the OG drive-by. Again, if you go look at that Cryptic Collection 3, I think it's the song Static, Blaze, ABK, Twisted. It's labeled as a drive-by song. Drive-by was originally Twisted, Blaze, and ABK, but now it's Eastside Ninjas. That first single is fucking dope. Banging. Love that shit. The production from Young Wicked is absolute fire. So I'm hoping that other people are responding to it. They are posting up on their social medias asking people what they think about the first single. And if people want a full-length project, I hope it happens. I hope this ain't another, you know... I feel like this is what they did with the HOK shit. You know, they gave us that post-apocalyptic word with like four or five new HOK songs... And then nothing ever happened. I don't think the fan response was there for that. And that's unfortunate as fuck. You know, me, myself, I would love an HOK full-length album at this point. A reunion. You know, they still do shit. They did drop, I think, three new songs for the 2020 Fright Fest season. So I'm hoping the response for the Eastside Ninjas project is there. And they make it a full-length album. Super dope. That first single's banging. You know. And it has the potential to be better than the Triple Threat Project. I felt like the, the Triple Threat Project just, you know, just wasn't there. We talked about that last week as well, but this project definitely has the potential to be better than that. And I, I really hope it comes to fruition. I really do. And yeah. Uh, they, Monoxide also talked about possibly doing a 420 Twisted stream. That would make sense. I doubt shows will be back at that point in April. Um, so a 420 stream. Probably have a bunch of dudes from the label. Maybe some other. Maybe reach outside of Magic Ninja and get some performances. You know, pay them. Do whatever you got to do to get some outside performers outside of M&E. Maybe for a 420 show. So that'd be dope if that goes down. You know, I, I flip I flip flop back and forth with these live streams because if it's dope, I want more. But if it's whack, I don't want more. You know what I mean? So as long as it's dope, I'll pay, you know. I mean, I won't know until I fucking paid for it and watch it. But if they figure out, you know, it's a it's a learning process. Everybody's learning this live streaming performance thing as they go. They can figure it out and nail it down and figure out what people really like and put on a dope show. I got no problem paying for these live streams until concerts come back, without a doubt. You know, 
And it's something that they could possibly do in the future with live streaming, live streaming, you know, Fright Fest, Hollow Wicked events, shit like that from the venue. Why not? So, um, also says, um, apparently he said there's a humongous, quote unquote, humongous announcement coming, hopefully this month. Who knows what that means? Monoxide likes to hype up shit. Violent J's, I mean, Violent J, Monoxide is almost as good as hyping shit as Violent J is. But the difference is, Monoxide's, when he hypes shit, it usually comes through. Whether it's good or not, doesn't matter. But what he talks about usually comes to fruition, whereas Violent J loves to hype shit and never comes out. And yeah, so that was it. From the live stream, from what I know, I didn't watch it, but that was what Twisted History hit me up with. And yeah, let's keep it with the Magic Ninja news. Lex the Hexmaster got a new single coming soon, real one. Maybe this is off a upcoming EP. If you remember, he dropped Party Castle last year and then Haunted Mansion. We still got two more EPs to come. It's supposed to be a four-part series. We got the first two parts. And maybe this is uh, the first single off the third part, whatever it's going to be called. We don't have a title for the third EP yet, but I'm hyped for it. Lex is that dude, and I'm always looking forward to hearing what Lex got coming. So, new Lex, real one, dropping soon, no release date. He posted up on his page. I think Magic Ninja posted up on on their shit as well. So, that's dope. And Boondocks, Magic Ninja, staying busy, coming out swing in 2021. New videos dropping every Thursday in January for the Boondocks channel. Uh, they dropped one this past, um, the on the 7th, the Demons at My Door official lyric video. We got three more videos coming. I saw Boondocks say that they're all lyric videos, so I don't think we're going to be getting any like actual music videos, just lyric videos off Boondocks' new album, Crimson Crow. So be on the lookout for that. Every Thursday, new Boondocks lyric videos. And that pretty much wraps it up for the Magic Ninja News. Them dudes staying busy as fuck. Dope to see. And keeping it kind of related with Boondocks his UGA partner in crime, Buckshot. I think I meant to talk about this on last week's show and just completely forgot. You know, there's a few things I wanted to talk about on last week's show with Robbie and just forgot, wrapped it up too soon. There was other shit I wanted to talk about, this being one of them. Buckshot and Kung Fu Vampires, Double Dragon. Pre-orders are up now. They got a CD and poster bundle. The CD is a limited edition deluxe version. And then they also got this right here. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. The Double Dragon 8-bit box. This thing is fucking serious. Um, You get mad merch with this 8-bit bundle. It comes with a randomly, uh, randomly selected boxes will include... A copy of Buck Fu Greatest Strike CD. So maybe a 
Buckshot, Kung Fu Vampire, uh, Greatest Hits, you know, songs maybe that they hand-selected themselves. You got this fresh-ass NES box that it looks like everything is going to come in. That is super dope. I love these box sets that Buckshot puts together. Like, this dude knows how to put together an ill merch bundle. We got um, an ill embroidered uh, jersey, football jersey, a sublimated t-shirt, tie-dye. That shit is super fresh, super dope. We got a USB flash drive preloaded with the Double Dragon album, hat pin, face mask, holographic sticker, an 11, 11, 11 by 17 autographed poster by Buck and Kung Fu. Pretty sure that's the same poster that comes with just the CD, um, the CD and poster bundle. But all that shit, limited to 150 bundles. I don't know how much it costs. I did. I should have looked it up before the show, but I'm sure it costs a decent little amount of money. You get an ill-ass jersey, sublimated T-shirt, face mask, box, CD, hat pin, uh, a bonus CD, Buck Fu's greatest hits, if you will. And I'm hyped for this Double Dragon release. I asked Buckshot if there will be a CD-only option. And he said yes. Once, uh, at some point, a regular standard version CD will drop. And that will be the option for just the CD only. So if you're looking for the deluxe edition, because Buckshot loves doing this limited edition deluxe Stuff which is super dope. You got to get it with the pre-orders. I don't know if it's pre-orders only, but to get it, you got to, you know, if you want to get on it, make sure you get it before it sells out. Cop the pre-order, you get the deluxe CD. I'm kind of iffy if I want to pre-order the CD and the poster. I just, I really don't need any more posters. I have like legitimately at least 20 posters just wrapped up. That I don't have enough wall space for in my room. And I got ill posters. Ill posters that are just sitting there. So I don't necessarily want to drop the money on the CD poster bundle. Only because I do want the deluxe CD. But I just don't want to add another CD to a pile that's just going to sit there. So I might just wait for the standard edition to drop. But I'm definitely looking forward to this project that first single don't get beat up was dope kung fu and buck have dope chemistry and looking forward to hearing what they're going to be doing with a full-length collaboration project and speaking of kung fu vampire this dude dropped a brand new single this past friday these days i bumped it a handful of times and yo, from the first time I heard Kung Fu Vampire, which was, I think, on the Bang Pow Boom Tour, was around that time. That was the first time I seen him live. I think it was that tour, or it might have been a Twisted Tour back in 09, 08, somewhere around there. But this dude has gotten so, so much better, in my opinion, from back then. You know, I didn't think the music was bad back then trash anything like that but i wasn't the biggest fan of it but the new shit he's doing now like his last album come dawn 
what was it? Look Alive before that. Like the la- his last couple albums, like you had Look Alive. I think it was called Look Alive. And then Come Dawn last year. Like Come Dawn, in my opinion, is his best work. One of my favorite albums of last year. And then this single right here, he's like elevating again the production from um, Action Paxton is fire. Love that shit. I think he produced Madonna on Come Dawn. Could be wrong. But this single is super dope. If you haven't heard Kung Fu Vampire, just go bump this single. If you have and you've been kind of on the fence with it, bump this single and then go listen to that Come Dawn album because that shit is fire. So Kung Fu Vampire looks like he's gearing up to drop a new album in 2020. I'm super hyped for that because Come Dawn was just was such a dope album, without a doubt. So... This new single these days is fire production, like the song structure and all that. Super dope. Peep that. And then Buckshot. Keeping it with like the double dragon theme here real quick. Buckshot. He put up his quietest EP up on all digital. Apple Music, Spotify, iTunes, Google Music. I don't know, whatever, you know, title, all that shit. Cover looks fire. Didn't listen to it. But it is up for streaming now. I don't know. It was part of some kind of package that he had. This Quietus project. I don't know where. I can't remember from the top of my head. But it is up on streaming now. So go peep that shit. If you're a fan of Buck. That is out now. So that Double Dragon shit. That 8-bit bundle box looks Fire, fire. Love the NES box that shit's going to come in, presumably. He's always got some ill shit. From the Dark Matter bundle boxes, uh, what'd he do? Did the Par- I think Paradigm Shift had a bundle box. All that, like, Buckshot knows how to put together ill merch packages, like, without a doubt. Brings me back to, like, the early 2000 psychopathic days when they were pumping out the illest merch in the underground. So go peep, peep all that shit. Definitely peep that new Kung Fu Vampire these days. That shit is fire. Fire. Super dope. Very dope. And then we got... This is another thing I wanted to talk about last week and just fucking forgot. But Class put out Article 3 of revenge uh, two weeks ago at this point not this past Friday but the Friday before like a week and a half ago five new songs from the revenge album I saw him posting on Twitter today you know I recorded this Sunday January 10th talking about he can't wait for the full revenge project to be out there I can't wait for that shit to be out there as well I only listened to up until Article 3 came out. I did listen to Article 1 once, I think. Maybe twice. But I don't really remember it. I remember it sounding good. And being hype, like... This is probably the best that class has ever sounded. So, I saw people hyping up the Devil May Cry song. The very first song in this Article 3 of Revenge. It's featuring the ROC and Kung Fu Vampire. I was just hyping up Kung Fu Vampire. Dude, super dope. 
Last week, I, we were talking about how the ROC is mad, underrated, underappreciated in the wicked shit scene for all his contributions. And dude is ill. Again, Digital Voodoo, top five album on M&E. But it's the ROC Kung Fu Vampire on the new Article 3 Revenge EP from Class. The song is Devil May Cry. I said fuck it. In pre-production of the today's show, I went and I was like, I'm going to listen to the one song and that's it. And the song is a fucking banger. Super dope. Super dope track. This shit is hard as fuck, man. Class, this is the best class has ever sounded, period. Period. I don't give a fuck. Class is stepping it up, if you ask me. I've been following Class since Anarchaic, back in the horrorcore.com days, Infinite Illusion Entertainment. Most of the people watching or listening to this shit don't even know what the fuck that is. <laughs> but that's some old school horrorcore.com shit. Um, but I've been following dude for a, a minute and this song is fucking dope. And then the next song kicked in outlaw with JP, the hustler and one ton son, forget it. The shit is fire. Another banger. One ton comes correct on here. JP, the hustler, not, not, not the biggest fan, but it don't matter. Track is still banging. And then we got, um, legendary. That shit was fire. Super dope track. Hard as fuck again. Burn It Down featuring Buckshot and Rapper Red. Rapper Red killed the hook on this shit. I've I've gone on record saying I'm not the biggest Rapper Red fan, but, you know, when shit is ill, you just got to say it's ill. And dude killed the hook on there. And then I shut it off after there because I was pretty much done with the pre-production. So I didn't listen to the last track, Time Bomb. But I did listen to the first four on Article 3 of the Revenge EPs. And those four tracks, man, are fire. The standouts to me are probably Devil May Cry, for sure, with ROC and Kung Fu. I could see why people were hyping that one up. Super dope. And then Burn It Down with Buckshot and Rapper Red. All three dudes brought it on there. It's fucking fire, man. Class has never sounded as good as he does now. And Red's fucking hook on that track. I don't know if we spit a verse or not. I don't remember now that I'm thinking about it. But the hook was fire. And those first four tracks, I'm definitely... When this Revenge album drops, definitely going to be diving into it. The production on here as well. Probably some of the best production class has ever had. The mix sounds really good. Just overall, the best, the best sounding shit class has put out. So if you haven't peeped any of the Revenge EPs or if you're just waiting for the album and you're kind of curious, the shit is dope. And if you want to go give it a spin, I recommend you do. But if you're like me and don't want to be spoiled before the album drops and wait, it sounds like the Revenge album is going to be fire. Straight up. So I'm hyped for that. And then let's keep it with the LSP shit. Class is signed with LSP. I saw Scum post this up on his um, social media's Patreon. We all know ICP has the Patreon in order to watch the streams, you have to be subscribed to their Patreon. 
a lot of people are doing this to kind of supplement for lack of touring and possibly merch sales. But from what I understand, just in general, merch sales, online sales are through the roof because people aren't leaving their houses, so they're buying shit online. Um, but Scum put out this image. Looks like he's going to be doing a monthly Patreon thing. Three tiers to it. You got the Snuff Fan, Snuff Attic, and Snuff Director. And with the basic package, you get behind-the-scenes content, early access to updates, tickets, and releases, live streams, extended and exclusive rehearsal footage. Um, Different from social media. If you follow Scum, he's always posting clips of him in his studio doing rehearsals um, for songs and live performances. And then we got insight on scum projects in the works or even being considered. So that's dope. So basically, you're just going to get exclusive news first before it comes to the public if you subscribe to his Patreon. Uh, The Snuff Addict, you get everything from the Snuff Fan, which I just read. And then you get rare and out-of-print music, a handwritten signed thank you note, And select handwritten lyrics. That's pretty fucking dope. Scum been putting out music for a long ass time. So I would imagine this dude got. A stack. Of handwritten songs. Just chilling. And then the snuff director package. You get everything in the first. Two tiers. Plus unreleased music. Which was a rare, rare and out of print. So you get unreleased music if you're a snuff director. Previews of unmastered songs from future releases. So that's dope. You get previews of upcoming music. Patreon exclusive signed collectible scum poster. Different every month. So, okay. I was just complaining about how I have too many posters. But that's me personally. And I'm I'm not going to sign up for this scum thing, but I know there's a lot of LSP and scum fans out there. And motherfuckers act like I don't talk about LSP and scum on the show. I do. I do. And, f- and fuck you to the people. And it just shows me who listens to the show and who doesn't. Just because I don't post this shit on my social medias every fucking day don't mean I don't talk about it or support it in some kind of way. People are just... Fucking stupid, (laughs) if you ask me. And I shouldn't let it bother me, because fuck the people who don't listen to the show and don't know that I don't talk about this. But it it does get irritating sometimes. But I digress from my little rant right there. Um, So you get a different poster every month. (laughs) That's dope. Signed, Patreon-exclusive poster every month. And then rare, rare item auctions. So... Kind of taking a page out of ICP's book there with the auctions. ICP's still doing auctions. I seen it over the weekend. With some like jewelry. You know, prototype jewelry. So you get all that shit with Scum if you sign up on Patreon. Pretty dope. I don't know the price price points on there, but uh, you can look it up. Scum LSP on Patreon. It's pretty easy to find. I found it. So... He's going to be doing that. I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot more Patreon 
I'd like to see some motherfuckers hop on some OnlyFans, right? Not on some naked putting stuff in your butt type shit. <laughs> but, um, like some Patreon shit. But take advantage of like the OnlyFans thing. OnlyFans wasn't made for naked girls and, you know, for them to put shit in their butt. It was just made as kind of like a Patreon thing. It's just, it blew up. With girls on there doing sex work. And shout out to them for that. No hate. But it would be dope to see some shit. Some underground dudes or just anybody. I know there are some rappers out there with some OnlyFans shit. I know Boosie. If you follow Boosie. I, I love Boosie. I don't know his music too well. But I, th- I find dude fucking hilarious. Because he just don't give a fuck. He has a OnlyFans. I don't know what's on it. But it'd be dope to see some... Um, exclusive content up on OnlyFans, you know, on some Patreon type shit. That'd be dope. But I don't think, I don't know if they have tiers and shit like Patreon does. And keeping it with LSP, we got a new single from Insane Poetry. Insane Poetry been putting it down. This dude is mad underrated again. In the wicked shit scene, but he's got a new single featuring Smalls One and Damien Quinn, Damien Quinn of Dark Half, and the beat is dope. Insane Poetry, Smalls One, Damien Quinn, all come correct. Devil in my pen, they just talking about how the devil is basically just coming out of the pen when they be writing this wicked shit, and this track is dope. Definitely looking forward to some new Insane Poetry Whenever that drops, you know, Faith in Chaos, Grim Reality, all that shit. Insane Poetry is that dude, without a doubt. And I'm definitely looking forward to it. And, you know, if he's working on a new album, I hope he is. But this single is fire. I recommend you check this shit out. If you like that horrorcore wicked shit. And chances are you do if you're watching this show or listening to it, whatever. Chances are you do. So peep that shit. It's fire. And then we got another thing I wanted to talk about last week. Um, Q Strange. More rare sessions. You know, the quintessential Q Strange. Being presented by Scumbag Superstar. We got Act 1. Uh, from what I understand, is going to be a whole shitload of these EPs going to be dropping throughout 2021. And we got the first one, I believe, on New Year's Day. We got three tracks. We got an intro, Dead That Shit featuring Rudy, and Never Get Rid of Me. If you like Q Strange, it's just some unreleased old school Q, Q Strange shit. I think, uh, I think one of these songs has been previously released and the other two um are new i i'm not sure which ones i'm not super familiar on you know unreleased shit and then shit that kind of leaked out on the internet with q strange throughout the years i'm more familiar with the albums that he put out creation execution strange land the rare cuts shits the scumbag superstar album um there are a few tracks that i do i do have on a hard drive somewhere in storage um, that were released. Um, 
But if you like Q Strange, peep this shit out. It's just, it's dope to hear Q Strange. Whether you've heard the track before and then this new unreleased shit. It's just dope. And I'd like to see Q Strange come back. Q Strange, one of those dudes, just mad, mad talented. Dude raps his ass off. One of these super lyrical dudes in the horrorcore scene, which we don't get much of. There are exceptions in the wicked shit with, you know, super lyrical miracle shit. You know, you got a la Zulilu, Insane Poetry. We were just talking about him. Q Strange, Monoxide Now with his super lyrical miracle whip. And <laughs> I'm stupid for that. But peep that new, uh, new or maybe not new to you, Q Strange. That shit is out on all digital Service providers, Spotify, Apple Music, all that shit. And then some a little bit of local love. Another track I wanted to talk about last week. Uh, Resno and Nine Mills dropped a brand new song. I've talked about these dudes a bunch of times on this show. Uh, one of the few acts that I do fuck with from Worcester. My home, my home city, hometown, whatever. And Resno Nine Mills with the new single "Brick," the cover art, throwback to some Super Mario Bro shit. You know that's what they say in their song. Um, Resno is Mario Nine Mills is Luigi. Super dope artwork. Track is banging. If you haven't peeped Resno and Nine Mills yet, based on any of my previous suggestions. This track is just as fire as any of the other shits that they dropped in the last couple years. Peep it. Resno. R-E-Z-N-O. Nine Mills. You see the shit right there if you're watching on YouTube. Fire. And shout out to them dudes. Uh, I'd like to see them put out a project at some point. They've been giving us Lucy's singles um, throughout the past couple years. I think they, they did the one project. I can't remember the name of it. Off the top of my head, Resno, Nine Mills, and Polly, Polly Rotten. Shout out to Polly as well. That shit was dope. So go peep that shit. You know, when I was doing, going into this week's episode, I didn't think I was going to have much to talk about, but here we are 47 minutes in, and we ain't even getting into the bulk of what was advertised as the thumbnail if you will, but we about to get into it. But first, former funk volume artist Jaron Benton dropped yet another Lucy. Gave us another single, Who Do I Trust? And this one is produced by himself. He made it a point on social media to clarify that he produced this track. I didn't know Jaron Benton could produce. The beat is dope. Jaron Benton, please give us an album or give us a CD with all these singles that you put out. I will cop that shit with the quickness. Straight up. I'll cop that shit with the quickness. I love all these new... Pretty much... I think there was one single that he dropped last year that was just kind of okay. But it, it was... You know... I didn't hate it by any stretch of the imagination. But this single is dope. Who do I trust? It speaks for itself. Peep all the new Jaron Benton shit. I talk about it all the time. Every time he drops some new shit... And I know he's releasing those bully freestyles. I didn't talk about those uh, within the last month or so. I know he dropped a couple of those. 
up on iTunes and Spotify and all that because it, they were previously released, but they are available digitally everywhere now. And them shits is fire. So he must have got sample clearances for those. And then this new single is super dope. So peep the new Jam Benton if you ain't heard it. That's another dude that just keeps getting better and better, without a doubt. And speaking of funk volume, the thumbnail. We're 48 minutes in and I ain't even get to the fucking bulk topic of the shit. I didn't know this was going to go this long. But I apologize. I'm sure people will fast forward just to hear this shit. And it's all good. It's all love. But Dame finally released the four-hour podcast with Hobson. They sat down, I believe, last month, maybe November. It was being hyped up for a minute. You know, Dame and Hobson finally talking again. And they recorded this podcast. Legit four hours long. It's four parts, an hour each. And basically, they go over how Funk Volume started, what their roles were. You know, Dame really broke this down ill. Hobson made Dame seem to be the bad guy in the situation when Funk Volume broke up. But the way Dame broke this down and controlled this conversation was super ill. Because he really wanted to show that it wasn't his fault. So he broke it down from the very beginning, how he was brought into Funk Volume, what his roles were, what Hobson's roles were within Funk Volume, as they were both like co-owners of this shit. And, you know, I named the episode Undercover Apology as a play of Hop off Hobson's new label, Undercover Prodigy, because it's kind of, it's a, the way this was done, his apology, I think he posted it up on his social medias about it. But it just kind of, you know, if you weren't following Dame, formerly a funk volume, you might not have known that this was coming. But it was a super dope conversation that they had. The way they broke everything down was awesome. Hobson, Hobson admitting that he was wrong a lot in his assumptions and what have you, of Dame. You know, of how everything went down, the splits and what all the agreements were. It's a very interesting conversation. You know, Hobson seems to be on this. He seems to be righting his wrongs. And it seemed like Dame was, you know, we talked about it on how he first called Dame I believe about a year ago they were they were saying and that, you know, the day that Hobson called him, he had no plans of calling Hop or Dame earlier in that day. And it just kind of happened as the day went on. And if you remember when the whole breakup went down, basically Hobson was saying, yo, Dame is a fucking thief. This dude has a gambling problem. This dude was taking money. Dude was paying himself way more than he was worth, blah, blah, blah. You know, the whole, we've heard the spiel before from other record labels. It kind of reminds me of the KMK situation. Daddy X blaming Kevin Zinger for all this shit 
when really it looked, you know, in hindsight, looking back on it and realizing everything that happened kind of looks like it was more daddy X than anything else. So that's what this situation is here. Hobson agreed that he was ignorant to the business side of music and he didn't understand why Dame was getting paid what he was getting paid. Dame was managing Dizzy Wright, Jaron Benton, Hobson, Swizz. He was managing everybody on Funk Volume. DJ Hopper, I believe, as well. And he's taking these cuts at, from the managerial positions, from managing all those guys. And Hobson's like, why are you getting all this? You know, He was confused to why he was getting the money. And he realized he was dumb. He admitted he was dumb. And once he learned the business side of music, probably after being screwed over after he left Dame, because he probably didn't have proper management, he learned the music business the hard way. Realized he was wrong. Apologized to Dame a bunch of times on this podcast. Super dope to see. He did call for the fans to leave Dame alone. Dave's Dame's talking about being hit, getting hit with death threats. People still blaming him for the funk volume demise. So, really, you know, when that whole situation happened, I kind of just took Hobson at his word for it. That Dame was a fucking snake and took all the money and ran. I didn't really have any other reason to not believe it. But then again, I didn't really have any reason to believe it at the same time. But I just kind of took Hop's word for it. Hobson is a fucking drama queen, if you will. You know, likes to cry about his problems. Maybe blow shit. You know, make make bigger problems out of shit that ain't that big. I mean, dude did make an, an entire album excusing himself for allegedly putting hands on his uh, girlfriend in Australia. So, <laughs> props to him for that. That's some wild shit. Um... So peep that four-hour podcast. Shit is super dope. And then we got Dame. Dame said, fuck that. He took to Twitter. He said, in my book, you should be willing to apologize as loud as the disrespect was. Now, if you remember, it was like Ill Mind 8 or something like that. I can't remember which Ill Mind it was. It was seven or eight, I know, but it was all about Dame and how he fucked over Hobson and Funk Volume. Now we know that's not necessarily the case. Dame is saying, bruh, where's the new ill mind? Make a new ill mind apologizing about the situation. Now you could think, man, fuck that. Hobson just did... A four-hour interview apologizing to you, like, to your face. Like, is that not good enough? But is Dame wrong with this? The apology should be just as loud as a disrespect? I don't think so. I don't think he's wrong. Why the fuck not? Because a lot of Funk Volume fans or Hobson fans might not see this interview. And might not listen to it. So, could we be getting a new ill mind of Hobson? I think he drops him on his birthday. 
uh, every year, or it used to be every year. I don't know if he dropped one. I don't remember if he dropped one last year or not. But I agree with Dane. The apology should be just as loud as the disrespect was because that video blew the fuck up. I'm going to look it up on YouTube real quick. See if I can find the views. I think he got some fucking ill amount of views. So it was Ill Mind of Eight. 86 million views four years ago. That shit got 86 million views. And then there's a lyric video with 2.6 million views. So, yeah. Ain't no fucking way that podcast is being listened to um, 86 million times. Not happening. So I agree with Dame that a song or something, a video, should happen to kind of rectify the situation. Because I can only imagine the shit that Dame had to deal with from, I would assume, just because Hobson makes crybaby music, he appeals to crybabies. I mean, I like his music. I don't cry that much, but I do cry. And sometimes when I listen to Hobson's music, but I would imagine he appeals to crybabies and shit talkers online and, you know, kind of the same, you know, shit that Hop does. So to do a video to me makes sense. I'd like to see that happen. And throughout the video of the podcast, you know, they wanted, there was a number for you to text for funk volume updates. Is funk volume coming back? It doesn't seem like it because Hobson got undercover prodigy. Dame says he has no interest in managing artists. I also saw him say something online that now that people realize that he didn't fuck over Hobson, he's getting hit up by people, artists, to manage them. I would imagine it's probably shitty underground dudes that he wouldn't want to waste his time with anyway, but he has no interest in managing artists at this point, so that part was a little confusing to me, like text this number for Funk Volume updates because it was uploaded to the Funk Volume YouTube channel. I was I was already subscribed to it from years ago, so it just popped up in my feed. I'm kind of surprised because it's been a while since they uploaded anything. You know, sometimes the algorithm just says no, and even if you subscribe to shit, it won't pop up or whatever. But peep the four-hour show. The last two parts is where they really dive into the drama of the funk volume breakup and everything that happened. If you just don't want to watch the whole four-hour thing. But I think from front to back, that whole listen was really dope. And shout out to Dame for you know breaking breaking it down the way that he did. And for him to get Hobson to admit that, that it wasn't his fault. So super dope listen. And I'm looking forward to new Hobson music. I know he teased last year at some point that... We were going to be getting new music, and I don't know when that's going to be happening, but I would like new music to happen from Hobson at some point. You know, I I call him a crybaby, drama queen, and all this shit, but I am a fan of his music. Um, 
Yeah, I want new Hobson music for sure. And peep that fucking podcast. Definitely, it's long as fuck. But if you're at work or you're just bored at home, throw it up on the YouTube. Definitely a dope listen. And we got, it wouldn't be a Beneath the Dirt episode with a little bit of Griselda news, right? Griselda, man. Just becoming one of my favorite fucking crews out there. Super dope. Big Ghost LTD. He announced that him and Conway got a new project um, dropping soon. Um, I think it's called If It Breathes, It Can Be Killed. I'm going to look it up real quick. I did post about it. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Uh, If It Bleeds, It Can Be Killed. I'm sorry. That's what it's called. If It Bleeds, It Can Be Killed. So new Big Ghost LTD who produced... The No One Mourns the Wicked Project last year, one of my favorite projects of last year, got a new project with Conway the Machine dropping, probably 2021, the new single, Toast. It's only up on YouTube. It's not up on iTunes or any of that. But Conway the Machine's new single produced by Ghost LTD, or just Big Ghost, um, up on YouTube. It's dope. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Big Ghost is ill on the production. You know, he produced No One Mourns the Wicked, Mavin Rob Gates, Dark Side of Nature, Riggs and Mooch, um, The Only Way Out. And he does a bunch of other shit too that I haven't heard yet, but I love his production style. And that's out right now, only up on YouTube, so you have to search it up on the tube. But the single's dope. Definitely looking forward to the project. And then this past Friday, we got the Griselda and Black Soprano family collab, the Conflicted movie soundtrack. So Benny the Butcher starring in the new street movie Conflicted. That's the way West Side Gun's kind of billing it. Uh, The soundtrack dropped this week, um, this Friday. The 15th, the movie drops. And it's like 25 bucks to watch the movie. Um, But the soundtrack is out now. I haven't got a chance to listen to it. But you got features on here from Benny the Butcher, West Side Gun, of course. Lloyd Banks got a track on here. Flea Lord's on here. Ransom, Davies, El Camino, Smoke Dizza, Boldy James. Um... And a bunch of other motherfuckers on here. Wale, Amane, Caesar. Conway the Machine is nowhere to be found on this soundtrack. I thought that was a little interesting. I don't know why he's not on here. Maybe because he's not in the movie. You know, he's not on the flyer or the cover for the conflicted soundtrack. And I know that's the same image that they've been using for the movie. So he's probably not in the movie. Dude did have a busy 2020. But I don't know when they filmed this. So if they did film in 2020, that could be why. But that's out on all digitals now. Movie drops on Friday. And then West Side Gun took to Twitter talking about albums I want to see in 2021 is Gun Lib. So he wants a new West Side Gun and um, Mad Lib album. West Side Gun confirmed that he's not retiring for 2021. Forgot to mention that. 
it was being hyped that he was going to retire at the end of 2020 because that was the thing that he said to himself he was going to retire but he said fuck that he still got work to do so he wants an album with him and Madlib to happen in 2021 he wants a Freddie Gibbs Jay Versace project in 2021 he wants Benny the Butcher Ten Talk 4 he did put TT3 but I think he meant to put Ten Talk 4 TT4 he wants Armani Liz new project he wants a Boldy James project, all Derringer and Alchemist. You know, I know Boldy James put out The Price of Tea of China. I think that was produced, or I know it was ex- uh, produced entirely by Alchemist last year, and that was a lot of people's favorite shit. I never, I never listened to it, so I, I don't know. I don't, you know, so I can't make a judgment on it. But he wants new Boldy James, all Derringer and Alchemist. He wants, um... Uh, a new reject album from Conway and his shady debut, you know, his debut. But I thought, um, not God, don't make mistakes, but from King to a God was the debut album. You know, that's what Conway was saying on the actual album. But we all know the shady debut is coming. I believe it's supposed to drop in February. You know, I'm, I'm super hyped on any new Conway. Dude's becoming like one of my favorites. Probably, no, definitely top five favorite. Of mine right now. So new reject and debut album from Conway. He wants to executive produce a Stove God Cooks album. He wants new Rock Marciano. Uh, Hitler wears Hermes 8. He wants What Would Sheen Gun Do 2. That would be fire. What Would Sheen Gun Do. Um, that album. Benny. West Side Conway was fire. He's talking about the conflicted soundtrack which happened. Makami, and yeah, so if, if if even half that shit comes out for Griselda in 21, which it probably will because them dudes been busy, been staying busy for the last five, six years, like just nonstop music projects, touring, guest features, all that, they're going to have a hell of a 21, without a doubt. So that'd be dope to see. And then we got that I mean that that's it actually. That's it for new music and news. We're an hour seven in. But don't think I forgot. We gonna do Ask Roan. The Ask Roan segment. Didn't do it last week, only because I forgot last week. But we're bringing it back this week. Um And we're going to answer some fucking questions. So we're going to start start with Twitter, as I usually do. We got Mind Bomb Music. He asks, where do thoughts go when they are forgotten? That's, that's a pretty ill question. I don't know. I'm going to like that shit right now, though. Where do thoughts go when they are forgotten? Who the fuck knows? Because you could forget some shit for mad years. For a long ass time and be like, oh shit, I forgot about that. So where did that thought go? Or memory or whatever. I don't know. Pretty old question. I bet Violent J could probably explain that better. And then we got Moon Man up on Twitter. Yum yum lore release date. Well, holy shit, I forgot all about this. 
when was that stream for the Yum Yum Lore? So Yum Yum Lore. Let me pull up my calendar real quick on my phone, shall we? So the day after Christmas, the 26th, which was one, two, just over two weeks ago. That was when it was announced that within two weeks, two weeks, we were supposed to get the Yum Yum Lore release. Where the fuck? Dude, I totally forgot about that. Speaking about thought, where do thoughts go when they are forgotten? I completely forgot about that. That was two weeks ago. And shame on me for not keeping up on that. ICP coming through yet again with another disappointment. What the fuck, man? (sighs) Literally can't take these dudes at their word with anything at this point. You just can't. And it's unfortunate. Like, what the fuck? Over two weeks ago, it was said we would get the Yum Yum's Lore EP within two weeks. Where is it? What the fuck? Mad disappointing. I already covered that shit, but... If you think Yum Yum Bedlam is dropping March 5th, you got another fucking thing coming. And if you think all three of those EPs is dropping in 21, again, that shit ain't happening. Not happening. Thank God for every other record label. Every other record label. That when they say some shit is dropping, the shit drops. Sick of the broken promises. And I'm not mad. Or I'm not hating. I'm disappointed. Fuck, man. Who the fuck knows when we're getting the Yum Yum Lore EP? Who knows when we're getting our fucking merch boxes from the October streams? They'd be really lucky. They'd be really lucky to have people subscribe to the February streams if the October merch boxes haven't hit our fucking doorsteps. We t- I talked about it last week. I got a pre-shipment for it. It's still sitting in pre-shipment. Who knows what's going on with that? But fuck. Like, it's, it's such a bad look, and I don't know why other people can't see that. Just such a bad look. Uh, let me go to Instagram, see if anybody responded with any questions. No questions on Instagram. I posted this kind of last minute, like right before I started the show. So it was like people had legit like an hour to get their questions in. I usually post the shit earlier in the day. That way people have time to get it in. Uh, So nothing on IG. Let's go to Facebook. We'll go to Justin Sears on Facebook. He says, I know you like sub noise. What happened to Just Cause from original Subnoise Soldiers Group slash DGAF? I have no idea. Uh, I know. I'm not. I don't know. I have no idea. I was going to speculate on some shit, but I'm not going to do it just because I don't know. 
Uh, and then Justin Sears again. Why he get fired? Just cause. Uh, I I don't know. Outside of Subnoise Soldiers, you know, I I have no fucking idea. I don't even really know who that is. From Suburban Noise. Outside of like Cottonmouth Kings, Big B, Potluck, solo shit from Cottonmouth Kings, DGAF, Saint Dog. There wasn't really much else from Subnoise that I was that that I really got into. And then the Subnoise Soldier shit I bought just because it was so heavily KMK features and shit like that. So I don't know what happened to Just Cause. And then Matthew Benjamin says, no limit or cash money. I have to admit, outside of Lil Wayne and some juvenile, I don't know that much cash money. I do want to get into like uh, BG's early albums from Cash Money and some of Juvenile's earlier shit. I'm I'm more familiar with like Juvie the Great and the mixtape Mondays or Sundays or some shit. The mixtape that he put put out, excuse me. Uh, but No Limit, No Limit is a label that I recently got into about a year ago. And everything I bought from, you know, Masterpiece shit, Sea Murders, uh, Sea Murders, my favorite, Mystical, True, um, what else? Cain and Abel, Fiend, fucking uh, Mac, that Shell Shocked album is fire. So I'd have to say. I'd have to say no limit only because I just don't know that much cash money stuff. But shout out to everybody that submitted a question an hour 14 minutes in. Much love if you're still tuned in right now. That is true love and support. And thank you again to everybody that has ever donated to the show. Again, you got me this fresh new microphone. And I wouldn't have got it without the fresh ass donations. So if you do donate, it all goes to him. Better the show, which I definitely plan on doing for 2021. Make this show better than it has ever been. And thank you again for tuning in. Much love. I'm Rowan Bone of the Beneath the Dirt podcast. And until next time, I'm out. Peace.